0: Hello everyone, how are we? Welcome, welcome. Gather round for the sound of the start of your weekend. It's the MTT 20 betting show. It's with me, Ali Maxwell. It's with him, George Ellick, and it's sponsored by Betfair. This podcast speaks about gambling. George and I are making some betting picks ahead of the reduced EFL slate this weekend. Therefore, it is very strictly for over 18s only. And we ask that everyone listening and thinking about having a bet this weekend or anytime. Please be gamble aware and head to BeGambleAware.org if you would like to make yourself more aware of the risks that come with gambling. Uh, hello, my friend. How are you?
1: Hello, mate. Yeah, I'm good. Thank you. How are you? I'm well. Yeah, I'm well. You look, you look um, I'm really good. For those who haven't seen the tweet where you once tweeted, crazy, these are four people for the for the same picture of the same person. You look a bit like kind of the Scottish one. Bearded, you, you know, just looking quite, quite fresh, quite healthy. Quite beardy. Hey. Yeah, I'm growing the beard out at the moment. We'll
0: see how long it lasts. Normally, there's a bit of a bell curve for the first few days or the first week of growing a beard. I think it's disgusting. And then there's like a week or two where I think it's really cool. And then it becomes disgusting again. So we'll see how we go. I sort of thought, while we are not seen on screen, while we are not being employed by TV companies, why not grow a big beard? Because... Right and when we're back on that's the sort of thing that would get too many tweets to be worth keeping so um Mm. there you go before we started we wanted to talk about some news and it's not the paul Warren from rotherham to derby news which we're going to tackle in depth on the monday pod Uh, it's it's more surprising news george but also very disappointing news
1: yeah i mean I guess we'll talk about it on Monday as well, but given it's breaking today, just wanted to draw attention to the report in the press and the Times, namely that new Prime Minister Liz Truss is set to basically sweep all of the Crouch report recommendations under the carpet and and effectively ignore them. You know, we don't often politicise this podcast, but I think if you're listening to this podcast, then it's probably in your best interests that this doesn't happen. You know, in 2019, uh, in the... Conservative manifesto, there was the commitment to, you know, writing a report to look at all aspects of of football and its governance, and looking for, for sustainability and how we could implement that. Tracy Crouch did said report alongside many football fans, we had her on the podcast. Many of the recommendations were around ensuring that fans had more of a say in the future running of the club, ensuring that there was more of a, a reinvestment of the riches of football being put into grassroots and and the and the rest of the pyramid. And it wasn't everyone's cup of tea, but I think we kind of the white was widely accepted that unless you were driven by a, a pro Premier League agenda, it was all pretty good news, no matter how it was adopted. And all of this is set to be swept under the carpet. Not to mention the. Commitment to having a a review of the women's game as well, um, and this is really disappointing. It is a massive shame. Uh, I would recommend anyone who um, is interested in this stuff to follow a Twitter account at Ugly Game. I called Martin Calladine, who's been tweeting about this today. And you also find that he's tweeted both a, a petition for, for fairer football, effectively, which was created, I think, back in, in February that Nicola Palios has been pushing this morning, and also a, a template of, of letters you can send your MP. Now, I, I'm not sitting here telling you that you should do this. I, I think you should read up more about this if it's not something you know about. But rather than just sitting and thinking, oh, this is a bit of a shame, do something about it. Email your MP, whether they are a, a Conservative MP, a Labour MP, or whoever else, and let them know your thoughts, because this is potentially really bad news for our game and the notion of a government of a you know of a Tory MP uh, spending hours and coming up with well spelling out the issues in football coming up with solutions and then another Tory MP who's now been made Prime Minister effectively tearing that up um, should be a big concern for anybody who has an interest in not just the EFL, but but across basically all football. Well, I'm sure we'll talk about it more Monday, but but given it's kind of hot off the press today, a bit of a call to action, I guess, for those who, who do feel like they care about this.
0: Uh, and on with the uh, more regularly scheduled content, the betting show. Uh, last time, well, we flipped the week, didn't we? So we did the pod on the Monday for the midweek slate. And George, you had an excellent week. Three out of five uh, good picks, winning picks. Uh, Argyle, your nap, did indeed beat Oxford United. Barnsley, your lay, failed to beat Port Vale and Norwich, Bristol City, over 2.5 and BTTS, yes, copped pretty early. Uh, it was a bad week for me, just the one uh, correct selection and that was the laying of West Brom they were 1.53 I laid them at home to Birmingham they, they lost that game 3-2 so this small sliver of pleasure and smugness that I felt was trampled on by my nap and next best Charlton and Warsaw both drawing one all at home but let's crack on with a a reduced slate but George no reduction in our love for the game and for trying to pick winners <laughs> put the show in betting show and show me your nap
1: my nap is Mansfield, who are five to four away from home at Crewe. Um, mm. Now Mansfield are a side who I think, in my mind, might be the best team in the division. Um, I know that they Orient have started the season incredibly well, and I'm not taking anything away from them. But with um, when it comes to to Mansfield, I think you have to look at their season so far, effectively in terms of of the games that they've had. They've had. One of the hardest starts of the season of anybody, um, including a game against Dayton Orient themselves, but but they played plenty of the supposed fancy teams in in the division, but have, in my mind, really started playing particularly well in the last few weeks. Um, And the best performance of the season so far came, yes, against a very poor Gillingham side, but they beat Gillingham 2-0 in a game where um, they couldn't really have dominated it more. They absolutely battered them. Uh, Lucas Aikens missed a penalty, which would have made the, um, the score even more well not flattering, but would have would have you know seen them even further clear. And it was a case where they were two 0 ahead after after half an hour, and they had better chances after that as well. Um, but yeah, I mean they, they they were very good value for it, and and it was very impressive. And then you've got a, a crew side who come here off the back of a win themselves, uh, and despite my pre-season optimism, I'm kind of marking down a, a win against Crawley. Um, who just look like a completely abject football team at the moment. Um, in, in every sense, um, they 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 don't really create many chances, and defensively they're okay, but they never seem to keep a clean sheet. So um, yes, a one 0 win is a big result for them, especially off the back of a four winless. Um, but I, you know, even though Crew are to my mind a slightly better team than Gillingham, the level of dominance, the the quality gap between Mansfield and, and, and Gillingham was so pronounced and so big, despite Mansfield being ahead after being two goals ahead after half an hour, that I think anything odds against here or on the same thing happening is 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 definitely value. Um I think that Mansfield are just a way better side than crew. And um, you know, a repeat performance of what we saw at Gillingham would see them win run out comfortable winners again. Um so at five to four, I'm kind of willing. I, I bat them at Gillingham at a similar similar price. I guess, you know, it's the fact that they're the same price against a, a better team um, says they've been marked up. But, um, you know, if, if we're talking horse racing terms, they won on Saturday by about six lengths and they're playing and they're, you know, running under penalty here. And I think they'll, they've justifiably got enough to, to win a tougher race.
0: I have napped up Bradford City at home to AFC Wimbledon in League Two, 1.8, 4 to 5 with the Betfair Sportsbook. Uh, for Bradford, the home side, well, Last week's 3-0 win at home to Stevenage. It may not have been as comfy as the scoreline suggests. A little smashy and grabby, I think it was described as on the Monday pod. Too much chagrin from my co-host. But, you know, the suggestion is always, and and I sometimes poke fun at this lazy narrative, somewhat lazy narrative, but um, let's go along with the suggestion that that the biggest teams in any league, I did air quotes there, the biggest teams in every league in terms of fan base and average attendance. Well, those are the ones that more so than any other club in, in a division can get some hashtag momentum from a few wins and some good vibes from the stands because more fans means better vibes means more wins. I think the uh, equation goes. So I'm just going to try and and ride that, even though I don't really believe it. They've won three in a row, Bradford, the fans are very keen on Mark Hughes. They've got a pretty ridiculous squad. uh, And I think, We both think they're in pretty good shape, albeit they're not quite purring. I wouldn't go that far. Uh, They have the best open play defence in League Two per Opta analyst, have conceded the fewest expected goals from open play so far. All well on that front, Uh, and that's a pretty good base for an exceptional group of attacking talent for this level um, to, to sort of sprinkle some goodness on top of they've obviously got Andy cook who's scoring a goal every 67 minutes. I think you said he's got eight goals from 12 shots that won't continue, but it can't hurt heading into this game. Uh, They have other game changers like Scott banks on loan from palace playing off the wing, Harry Chapman floating all over Tyreek, Wright was brilliant in that Stevenage game as well. They're all starting behind cook at the moment and if they need to chase a goal, they can bring off the bench the likes of Verdane Oliver, Kian Harrett, Lee Angle, Jake Young. Uh, or if they just want to close it out, uh, why not Jan Songo to come in and be the general to, to wrap up the three points or Levi Sutton to see it out? The squad is stacked is what I'm saying. And I don't think the same about Wimbledon, I'm afraid. I think the squad specifically has some glaring holes and issues in it. Uh, and that's not the only problem. I, I think Wimbledon... From what I can see is a club in, in bad shape at the moment on and off the pitch, there's a lot of angst off the field. I've seen on social media this week, particularly huge discussion, debates amongst the fans surrounding essentially the fan ownership structure as it is at AFC Wimbledon and whether it is providing the best support for the team uh, on the pitch and the club to to move forward. Now, it's not surprising that a club, any club, regardless of if they're fan-owned or not, to be squabbling when they've won two games out of 36 in the league. Two wins in their last 36 games across two seasons. Uh, on the pitch this season, they've only beaten Jills and Crawley. Two wins that get less impressive the more time passes because they are two of the worst five teams in the league. Two of the five worst, I should say. They drew nil-nil with Hartlepool, who are one of the other five rubbish teams in the league and every other team they've played has been a team you consider to be kind of mid-table or better. They've lost all of them uh, apart from one draw with Donny. They're lacking a lot of confidence. Um, issues with build-up down the right side have been much discussed on this pod. Gunter's actually away with Wales this weekend, so it'll be interesting to see who Johnny Jackson turns to on the right side of defence in uh, In midweek in the pizza trophy, there was a youngster called Frimpong who played there and scored and looked very bright, but... He's alone at Dartford in the National League South, I think. So although he can play in the pizza trophy, he can't play in the league. And Osu came off injured in the first half. So I'm not sure he's going to start right-sided defence. Tsanev, the goalkeeper, lacking confidence at the moment as well. They've scored one goal in their last four games, last weekend against Carlisle. And and for all that they want to build up and, and play through the thirds, it was a long kick from the goalie, a flick on from Davison and Asal running in behind. So... Asal, probably their biggest goal threat, probably their biggest avenue of attack. Um, But at the moment, it's a tough task for them. And I think Bradford will be too strong. So very happy to back them at 1.8 as my nap with the Betfair Sportsbook, Bradford City. Next best.
1: Next best for me is Cambridge to go to Morecambe and win. Uh, They are seven to five to do so. Um, Something's, well, doesn't have to give here, but uh, Cambridge are yet to win a game. Uh, away from home, and maybe more surprisingly, Morecambe are yet to win a game from their four at home. Uh, But the biggest concerns for me is Morecambe's last two home games. They have lost to Sheffield Wednesday and to MK Dons, 3-0 and 4-0. Now, to lose 3-0 against Sheffield Wednesday isn't too much to be concerned about, even though Wednesday were wholly dominant um, after Morecambe had the best chance of the game early on. Uh, After that, it was very much one-way traffic, even though it took Wednesday some time to, to break well to, to get on the score sheet. But the four nil win uh, at home to MK Dons is a very troubling bit of form. Not to use racing an analogy again, but it's um huh. MK have been have been very hold very on, cool. hold on. Is form Do you think a that troub- all comes tru- from racing? A troubling piece of form. You wouldn't say that about football. You've okay. got to listen to what I'm saying. Don't just you don't sort of hear the word form.
0: I I reckon I hear sort of two words per sentence. yeah and I heard the wrong one there. Apologies.
1: Right, um but they yeah i mean mk have been very poor this season yes they beat oxford last time out 2-1 but oxford themselves been for, been pretty poor and, and the, you know it was it wasn't a, a brilliant attacking performance that got them the win let's say that it was an own goal and a, and a penalty um and they play play against the cambridge side who yes cambridge themselves haven't um you know they, they played four games away from home They've lost three of them. Um, but I would say that you know the, the performance at Charlton was fairly impressive. Um, the 4-1 defeat at Portsmouth will accept because you know, because of Portsmouth starts to the season. Um, they were in my mind, um, very unlucky to lose 1-0 at Oxford with the kind of a, a very late um strike um from, from Tyler Goodrum. Uh, you know winning the game later on after Cambridge had probably been the better side for the most part of the game, and then at Cheltenham again, they went 1 0 up and, and couldn't really sit on their lead in the second half and invited pressure and, and lost it 2 1. Their home form is clearly better, but there hasn't been like a, a massive drop off in performances. And when we're looking at, at the season as a whole so far, Walker's um, underlying data is just incredibly poor, like they are conceding 1.81 XG per game, uh, compared to 0.94. Um, that's open play. I think it's open played that goals, yeah. So it's you know, more are uh, certainly data-wise the worst team in the division by by Miles. Um, and then Cambridge themselves come into um, you know, come into this game off the back of a 3-0 defeat at home to Barnsley, which as we said on Monday, there wasn't really much between the sides. Cambridge had chances at nil-nil, they had chances at 1-0, and on another, on another day, I think not only would they have not lost this game by three but I think they could have got something out of the game itself and their performance was was absolutely fine. Mitov um, having a, a rare off day as well in goal. So I think Cambridge are by far the better sides. I'm not too bothered by their away form. I think Morecambe's home form is a lot more troubling especially the 4-0 defeat against MK. Uh, I think Cambridge are a better side than MK at the moment and uh, and are fairly consistent in that as well uh, and you know, will fancy themselves to come here off the back of that 3-0 win and put that right. So at seven, you know, seven or five about a team who haven't won a game away from home this season um, away is looks pretty short. But I think there's fair reason to think that uh, there'll be a, a, a bit of a quality gap between the two. And I think Cambridge could win this and win it well.
0: Yeah, my next best is back in League Two. Uh, I think that Crawley are pretty bad And I'm happy to back Doncaster to beat them as my next best at 11 to 10. This game's at Donny. Crawley on their travels have been poor. In fact, basically every game they've played this season, home or away, if they were to play one on a neutral venue or or the moon, I would still say uh, they've been second best in in basically every single game they've played, including the ones where they picked up what is a a fairly meagre points return, such as a win against Stockport, uh, a draw against Salford. There aren't many redeeming qualities in their performances so far this season. And while there's still a little bit left in the tank that is marked, well, they've got plenty of improvement to come because it's a lot of young players and it's a young coaching team. While, I'd, while I haven't seen that, I'm now going to be backing against them. Uh, it's true that some injury issues have undermined Crawley, particularly at the back and in goal. Uh, it's also true that they 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 do have some quality that will start here. And Baloghiesi in midfield, Nichols and Telford up top. Uh, Fellows, who played right wing back, uh, is on loan from from West Brom. You might remember us mentioning him a couple of times last season. He played a few games in the champ for West Brom. He looks genuinely quality, and and I think there's a chance that they they will improve as the season goes. So law would have it. It'll be this weekend against Doncaster. But at the moment, I don't think the process is is there at all. Whether it's possession-based, whether they've made some tweaks, nothing's really worked yet. So, so far, no evidence that Betsy and Michichi know the answers to the problems. Doncaster are certainly not as good as that early season points tally suggested, uh, and they've they've sort of, they felt the, the other side of the coin, haven't they? It was three wins in the league in a row, followed by three defeats in the league in a row. Admittedly, they lost to two top teams in Barrow and Mansfield, and they lost a fairly tight one last week to Swindon. So overall, I still think their level of performance is higher than Crawley's, and I think this is a lovely fixture for them to get their confidence back. So um, I'm I'm continuing to rate Crawley as a very bad team at the level. Uh, as I've been saying since the start of this week, I think there's five really bad League 2 teams at the moment. Some of them will get better. Maybe that will be Crawley, um, but I couldn't ignore Donny being odds against here. So that's my next best. Don't forget, it's bet ten, get two with the Betfair Sportsbook. That means if you bet ten pounds on the EFL Ackers this season, you'll re- you'll receive a two pound free bet. T's and C's in the description of this podcast. Uh, for now, we move over to the Betfair Exchange. We put up a lay bet. George, talk to me.
1: Yeah, my lay is Peterborough at one point nine six. Who are at home to Port Vale? Um, I put up a lay of of Barnsley at home to Port Vale. Fairly recently, well, I think it was last week in the last show, and um, and that one with with uh, them um, drawing the game. Uh, Port Vale have started the season very well, but this is basically Peterborough, and I, you know I spoke about it at length on the on the Monday show, so I'm not going to go into it again. But their their performances and their form is 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 just just very very bad. They've lost four games in a row um, to Derby, Portsmouth, Fleetwood, and Bolton. Um, yes, those four teams are probably all better. I mean, certainly three of them are better than than Port Vale. Um, but the performances against both Fleetwood and and Bolton have been so bad. It's almost like the first two uh, results have uh, had a massive impact on their confidence and the, the kind of uh, the performances are tailing off with the results rather than there being any kind of a reaction. Now, obviously that could change, but um, I think Port Vale have shown themselves so far this season to be, to be, the very, very worst capable. Um, they're unbeaten in their last uh, five games in all comps uh, in League One. They're unbeaten that they've won uh, two of the last five. They They're you know they only lost one of those five, which was against uh, Pompey. Um, games against Barnsley, uh, Shrewsbury and, and Cheltenham, they've taken five points from those. So they are operating at a pretty good level, I think, in, in League One um, and look to me to be a, a, a decent mid-table side who are going to make life very difficult for a, a posh side who barely had a shot against Bolton. So, yeah, I, I wouldn't be backing... Peterborough at odds against up against the mid-table side at this point moment in time when they're when they're performing beneath that themselves.
0: Yeah, I'm taking on another one of league ones big dogs at Sheffield Wednesday. I've laid them at 1.67. They're at home to Wickham here. Uh, I didn't think there was a, a huge amount to play with. Um, I was tempted for a while to to find a way to get with. Dino Mamrie as Burton Albion at a long price away at Shrews, but I couldn't quite uh, persuade myself to, to do so. Instead, I'm going to chuck some support behind Wickham, who travelled to Hillsborough, because I think Sheffield Wednesday's home form provides enough reasoning to give this a go at such a short price. Um, they've lost at home to Barnsley. They drew with Ipswich and Portsmouth, You know, two the two best two teams in the league, arguably, at the moment. And they beat Charlton 1-0 at home, but a game in which they were, probably second best, to be honest, and thumped Forest Green uh, at home as well. Overall, I just they're just not as dominant as we thought they would be uh, to start the season. Uh, maybe not as dominant as you might expect. And it's played out in the numbers as well, where, as you'd expect... Uh, Their XG ratio at home is is still strong enough, but not near the level of Ipswich, of Portsmouth or Peterborough uh, and only the 12th best in League One per Fox Punter uh, in terms of home XG ratio. It's not what you'd expect from um, Sheffield Wednesday. We've seen at times, not constantly, but at times a vulnerability from crosses, um, maybe the odd uh, vulnerability from good counterattacks as well. So I certainly think Sam Vokes, can cause problems from crosses. Uh, I think Anis Mometi can lead some good transition attacks as well. Wickham, clearly not great. It's been a pretty average start to the season, to be honest. It began with some quite weird open games, some that they won, some that they lost. The last few weeks, they're getting tighter and tighter, becoming more of what we might expect from them. Uh, Their last four games have included a win by a single goal, a defeat by a single goal and two draws. So it looks like they're tightening up those margins. And I'm sure Ainsworth will relish this trip to Hillsborough, look to use um, everything in their arsenal to frustrate Sheffield Wednesday and their fans uh, and look to to sort of sting if there's any complacency there as well. So 1.67 is Sheffield Wednesday's price. Uh, I've laid it with the Betfair exchange. I've taken that on. Uh, So let's see how we go. Uh, Goals and goal scorers to wrap us up. George, where are you looking for goals? Or not this weekend?
1: I'm not, mate, and it's a game you've already mentioned. Uh, it is Ooh. Doncaster against Crawley, and I'm going under two and a half goals at twenty to twenty-three. Doncaster um, two, Crawley nil. Ideal, um, and, I, and I don't disagree with that at all. Um, you know, I, I basically couldn't agree more about Crawley, who just looked to me to be so poor at the moment, and I kind of. You know we obviously had had Preston on um fairly recently talking about um the plans for the club and I'm I'm kind of you know I, I guess I am I am rooting for them having having chatted to him and, and I like their ideas. However, waking up this morning and seeing the press release about Sidemen FC and how they are going to be scouting the Sidemen FC um charity game in order to possibly have like YouTubers um, in their FA Cup squad on November the 5th is, I just, I don't know. Maybe I'm old fashioned in loving the FA Cup, um, but I think you, you treat the FA Cup with a bit more respect than that. I think you treat Crawley fans with a bit more respect than that. Uh, personally, I mean, Kevin Betsy says in the press release that it's probably unlikely they'll even get on the pitch. Um, so I don't really see what the point is. And, you know, we kind of, we, we, we touched on it with Preston when we had him on a couple of faux pas that they've made and you know clearly there is a line where they are trying so hard to attract a new audience base to the club um and they're willing to ruffle some feathers in order to do that um but i think personally you almost need to get it right on the pitch before you start getting it wrong off it is, is my point of view anyway uh rant over um that they haven't been very good is, is the long and short of it and they're um you know their attacking numbers are are very very poor you know they're, they're 0.63 expected goals on average per game is, is so low. Uh, and we're seeing that game on game. You know, the game against Stockport, they won 3-2, their only win of the season where they scored three of their five shots it kind of sums it all up, really, where they're having to be so clinical to get anything. And defensively, they're, they're kind of OK, I guess. I mean, they're still averaging over a goal a game, well over a goal a game, expected goals against. So yeah, I'm, I'm pretty happy to basically go unders on most Crawley games at the moment and with Doncaster they are you know I, I don't disagree with you at all they're definitely the likely winners and I wouldn't put you off backing them but I don't think they're very good either um you know after a very good start to the season they're they look like a pretty drab abject attacking force um and again they're averaging only 0.9 expected goals for um so yeah I, I think a, a low scoring game probably a, a marginal home win the most likely thing here and, and i I just can't really work out where any game that has Crawley in it at the moment wouldn't be like heavy, heavy odds on to be under two and a half because you can, unless, you know, unless something massively shifts, you know that they're not going to create very many good chances. So that's one team taken out, out of the equation. And in Doncaster, they're playing another who I I don't really see creating too much either. So drab, drab affair. Let's hope we get the uh, the perfect middle.
0: Let's hope so. Apologies if anyone can hear Nettles squeaking in the background. She's, uh, she's got, quite, she got quite, <laughs> She's got quite big for her <laughs> boots uh, since appearing on five live around the grounds last Saturday, <laughs> um, much uh, interrupting James McFadden or McGod, as we call him in my household, which I was not very impressed about, was not very professional, I think. Uh, she'd like to be taken on a walk. So let's wrap this up <laughs> nice and quickly with some goals at Bristol Rovers at Crington. Uh, this one's four to five, 1.8 with the Betfair Sportsbook over 2.5 goals is the selection. Uh, Bristol Rovers. Uh, well, not surprisingly, really after a six, three last week, they are the league's leaders for goals per game. 3.56. Clearly, at this sample size with a 6.3 uh, it's a little bit noisy but even before then it was at 2.88 so you can trust me when i say they're pretty goalsy and that's for two reasons they are both ambitious and attacking in their tactical approach it's quite clear that joey barton wants to continue with this even though results haven't been amazing recently i believe he sees this and by this i mean a certain style as part of the journey to a a lofty destination, you know he he believes they should be much better than just scrapping for relegation. But that's what they are at the moment. And the longer they go winless, the more that resolve will be tested. Um, They're off the back of conceding six at home. Bobby Thomas will be back from suspension, which is good news. I don't think Barton's that keen on Alfie Kilgore because they won the appeal for his red card to be rescinded only for him to stick him on the bench for that game against Lincoln. I think he'll probably come in here because he's, probably their best centre back in the air. And Accrington like to ask questions of your centre backs in the air. Glenn Whelan might have a have a rest here. Uh, Luca Hall is filled in at centre back, but I wouldn't want him under much aerial pressure. So I think Accrington can hurt Bristol Rovers. Um, They're still taking a lot of shots, Accrington, the second most in the league, a lot from long distance, a lot of shots from set-piece situations. I think that's an area where Rovers can be vulnerable. It wouldn't surprise me if one of Astley or Tharm or Rogers scored here at a chunky price. I just can't really choose which one. It's basically two decent attacking teams, who are both bad at defending, so I'm going over 2.5 goals here. I think they will both have the uh, the idea of winning this match as well, which always helps. So uh, over 2.5 goals at the members, Bristol Rovers, Accrington, four to five. Uh, Betfair's bet builder allows you to combine selections easily into one bet, and Betfair's popular bet builder, where you can easily add the trending football league bet builder selections to your bet slip in just one tap, and you can find them on the Betfair Sportsbook. If you go to football in the app, you'll see the popular bet builders at the top there, nice and easy. George, stop making
1: faces at me and give me a goal scorer pick. Didn't I could do that face? It's fun. I'm loads now. Yeah, I'm sticking to the same game. Ryan Loft um, to score anytime at eleven to four. Aaron Collins is eight to five. Ryan Loft is eleven to four. I would say that Loft is the bigger goal threat personally. I know that Collins is currently joint top goal scorer in League Two, but now that Loft is in the side starting, um, you know, he's always been a bit of an XG monster. It's fair to say. And um, if you, and if you go to the, um, if you go to the analyst league one page, kick on player, you sort by a non-penalty XG. He sits atop of the whole of league one, 0.67 expected goals per game. He comes into this off the back of scoring two and two. So there's no way he's going to get dropped. Um, it's, it's way too big a price. It's just like factually incorrect. Uh, and I agree with you that goals are on, are on the cards here as well. So, um, you've got the biggest goal threat for a side who scored three last week, who he comes here off the back of two and two, who's ranking highest for, for um, XG per 19, the whole division being priced up as if he's like a, a you know, a, a one and four. Yeah. It's yeah, it's wrong. I am a, so 11 to four loft anytime. They're a
0: bit of overlap with some of our picks because I'm picking a goal scorer who plays for Mansfield town, which I believe was nice. your nap yeah, at the was- start of this show. But in order to build suspense, I'm not going to say his name yet because I definitely fancy Mansfield to win this. I think they're playing very well at the moment. I don't think crew are on the same level as the best teams in the division. uh, And we both think Mansfield are one of them. Uh, I probably wasn't quite confident enough at the price, given they're away from home, but I'm I'm very much hoping that they win for your nap. And I think there's some goal scorer value really throughout the pitch for them. Uh, Aikens is interesting to me at 3.6 as a striker for a very good team who I think will win who looks like he's got his mojo back a bit now that he's he's settled and playing up top. Did miss a pen last week, so might be taken off them, which was enough to put me off. Then I thought Ollie Clark in midfield looks to me like one of the the better value goalscorer picks in the EFL at the moment, just because he's playing a really aggressive attacking midfield role and he's getting a lot of shots off uh, in three of his five starts this season. He's had three shots or more. He's got two goals and he's six to one anytime here, but with Hartigan having been injured in midweek, there's just a a small risk. I thought that he might play a bit deeper in midfield and, and those shot opportunities would be reduced. So I've landed with Kellen Gordon, the right wing back. A Mansfield Town um, didn't expect this to be the destination, but that's why overnight. you take such a long journey. Uh, he's finally back, match fit, and starting games after a, a horrible injury last season. Um, they've never had, they haven't had a, another right wing back, really, have they? Since he's been out, they've been playing Aikens there, they've been playing Bowery there. Finally, they've got someone who suits the role, and it makes a lot of sense for for Gordon to make that role his own. He was brilliant against Jills last week, um, and then there's a tactical aspect to this crew. Playing four at the back, um, Mansfield with a with a three at the back system and wing backs and loads of attacking central midfield threats as well. I just see Crew sort of naturally defending narrowly, and if Mansfield are going to get an overload or, or an extra man, I think the wing backs are a pretty good shout for that. I, I've got a really clear vision of how a Kellen Gordon chance comes uh, as the extra man at the back post as the right wing back, uh, and so I'm pretty excited about this one. He's sixteen to one. To score anytime I'm just confident you can get one or two good looks here if Mansfield do dominate proceedings so Kellen Gordon at 16 to 1 uh, that nice mixture of, of fancying a team to win thinking there's good tactical and and personnel reasons for this pick the perfect storm so I look forward to Nigel Clough picking Lucas Aikens to play right wing <laughs> back or Jordan Bowery Kellen Gordon 16 to 1 George recap your
1: picks please My nap is Mansfield. Uh, Next best is Cambridge at Morecambe, laying Peterborough at home to Port Vale, under two and a half in Doncaster against Crawley, and then Ryan Loft any time in Bristol Rovers against Accrington Stanley.
0: Brilliant. Well, I am backing Bradford City at home to Wimbledon 1.8 with the Betfair Sportsbook. Doncaster at home to Crawley at 11 to 10. I've laid Sheffield Wednesday on the Betfair Exchange at one67 uh, over 2.5 goals in Bristol Rovers against Accrington is my fancy in the goal section at 4-5 to five. and Kellen Gordon anytime at 16-1 to one for Mansfield against Crew Alex completes our picks for the week. A huge thank you to Betfair for their support of this podcast and a thanks to you for listening because if you didn't, we wouldn't. Go well.